Alrighty, Shalom of Racha friends. I hope everybody's doing well. Thanks for joining. Siyat Rishmaya with Hashem's help. We are going to launch into the final installment on Sicha Nun Aleph. This will be our 13th shear on this one Sicha, which is a tremendous, uh, tremendous testament to how deep the Sicha was and how deep it is. And it needs review and review and review, constant review. Um, but I have a feeling with Hashem's help that we really did manage to get into the depth of it and I'm, I'm satisfied with it, I'm happy with it and I'm grateful for all of your participation along that journey and I'm grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for allowing us insight into the depth of the Rebbe's teaching and for the ability to take the journey of attempting to apply these teachings to our own lives. All with Hashem's help. Okay, so let's dive into the very last segment in Sicha Saran Sichanun Aleph, where the Rebbe says the following. Now, this is the wrong one. Hold on one second. We need. One second. We need. Okay. Here we go. Sicha Saranun Aleph. Anava Amar, Rabbi Nachman announced and he said, he said, Either you need tremendous amount of mercy from Hashem, which of course we need for everything, not just for this, but also for, specifically for this. Or you need yegiyas, you need a tremendous amount of yegiya. Sorry about that. You need a tremendous amount of toil. Or you need both. You need both. We need a lot of effort and a lot of applying ourselves as well as HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mercy. For what? Until a person manages to cool down one's racing mind. Rabbi Nachman speaks about this in a number of places in the Kutumran. That a person needs to have clarity. A person needs to have a very smooth and clear way of perceiving the world and understanding existence and life. Ad shaloi to the point, and this is key, to the point shaloi yirtze shum davar ba'ilam. That a person really doesn't fancy anything in this world. So that everything is equal to such a person. We're familiar with this terminology. The Baal Shem Tov speaks about it. The P.S. Setzner Rebbe speaks about it. The concept of Hishtavos. Hishtavos is rooted in the word Shaveh. Shaveh means that things are equal. Things just are the way that they are. Hishtavos, sometimes translated as equanimity. The ability to perceive different circumstances in the same way that you would to the to the opposite extreme it's just whatever happens happens it's not a matter of interacting with it engaging with it it's just sort of observing it letting it be letting it be in the context of our emuna the kalmada of rahmana the tav of it that whatever our kurdish baruch was doing in the world is for the good and at every moment we play a role in that unfolding story that hashem is telling through us we play a role of being able to choose properly from the moment onward and not to get stuck in the past and not to get mired down into old behaviors and old habits and the, the ghosts in our closet but to be able to stand up and push forward and move forward 
That's his shtavos. To reach a certain sense of calm, of contentment, which is very, very difficult to come by in today's day and age. And it's becoming more and more urgent that we work on attaining this and achieving this. To the point of So that everything is equal to such a person. Now, on the one hand, you read these words, a person doesn't want anything from this world. It sounds a little bit depressing, right? It sounds like the person is not partaking in this world. The person is not excited by anything in this world. The person doesn't mean to intend or to live intentionally. But Rabbi Nachman is precise with his words. There certainly is something that this person wants. There certainly is something this person is committed to. And that itself is the secret of the hishtabas, which we'll see in a minute. But it's things that are ba'oylam. It's things that are relating to this world that don't capture the person. It's things relating to the fleeting, transient nature of reality that don't grab him. That don't draw her in. Shum davar ba'oylam is not where this person's focus is. Ya'kol shav ha'etzloi. And therefore, everything is going to be equivalent. In whatever stage in this person's development throughout, as we're going to learn the times that we're in this world, the times after 120, after we're buried in the ground, the body, and then after Tchiyas HaMesim, in the widest spectrum of our identity, everything is shaveh. And Rabbi Nachman teaches over here, based on a Pasuk in Mishlei. And the Pasuk says, and we say this when we make a siyam on Gemara, on the Masechta, Let the Torah accompany you along the way. When you lay down, the Torah will guard you. And when you awake, it will be your conversation. And the Mepharshim, the Rishonim, are divided over what the meaning of the Pasuk is. Rav Rishonim, if you take a look, most of the Rishonim hold that this is simply speaking about different periods in a person's own life. So, is when you're awake and when you're moving and you're traveling, the Torah accompanies a person. A person has what to think about. A person has what to meditate on. A person has what to review. A person has what to talk, hopefully, to a good friend about. That's they learn means simply when a person goes to sleep, Tishmar Alecha, the Torah will guard such a person. And that's fine. once we're using this interpretation, simply means when the person wakes up. Person wakes up to a brand new day, it's a brand new morning, and the Torah is there waiting for the person, whatever the person's working on, whatever the person is trying to trying to accomplish. Every single day, a little bit consistently, if we move forward, it doesn't have to be a lot. And it can be in a couple of limudim. But every, line, every day we take one amud. Every day we take one paragraph. And you have something you're working on to move toward. You wake up in the morning, there's something for you to do. Best, especially if we're not zochet to sit and learn the whole day, make it a morning routine. Wake up in the morning around your chakras, whether it's before chakras, after chakras, in addition to a number of different things we can be doing in the morning to set our day off right. And no matter what happens later in the day, you know you locked it in. The most important things in your day come first. Take care of those things. And then you can move into your responsibilities. But you wake up in the morning. So you have what to continue with what to carry on journeying through, and that's how Rav the Rishonim learn. Most of the commentaries take that approach. But Rashi, 
takes an approach that's very different from the rest. And Rabbi Nachman is utilizing Rashi's approach. That Rashi says, that means, means when a person's alive in this world. means in the grave. And Rashi, other Rishonim over there explain that go in the way of Rashi say that it, a person will be guarded from being from decomposing. There are so many stories of tzaddikim that they had to move and they had to dig up and they found that the person was completely shulling, was completely complete and no, none, none of the decomposing elements that ordinarily contribute to the corpse's de- decomposition were able to have any effect on these people. They were mamish guarded, they were perfectly pure. And upon awakening means means after the Torah will be with you. Hainu says Rabbi Nachman, this is our goal. This pasuk is a mission statement. That a person should get in touch with the Torah, and the Torah, of course, means the mitzvahs, and the mitzvahs, of course, means the spirit of the law that we're attempting to keep. Means to be Jewish people, the emes, people who are broad-minded, people who have broad ideals people whose time is spent very specifically and whose lives are filled with meaning, the ultimate sense of the word, who are on a mission to bring light to the world, starting with ourselves and our families and then others. This is a mission statement. And then in such a case, when a person is aligned with what we were speaking about earlier in previous shiurim and Sichon and Aleph, with the essence of what we are, humans, human beings, not taiva, not any of the stuff, but the, but the tov within ourselves, the humanity, not the animal, the, the human within ourselves. So then there's an incredible thing that happens. There's a tremendous equanimity that is present in the person's life, in the person's death, and in the person's, um, there's a word for reincarnation, not reincarnation, what's the word for Tchiyas um, There's a word for it. When a person is after Tchiyas HaMesim, a person gets up afterwards. The person is aligning with the essence of his or her identity. And that's a beautiful moment. That's a beautiful moment. And, and it doesn't have to be all the time. Let's take it one day at a time, right? Like they say, or even one minute at a time. But if a person merits to genuinely feel, hopefully somebody left me the word, be a resurrection. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Shua. Thank you. Resurrection, exactly. When a person, I knew it was an R word. When a person goes ahead and lives in, a, in alignment with this essential value, then how beautiful is that? When you walk down the street and you know that the experience that you're feeling now is so essential that in 2,000 years from now, you'll still be feeling this feeling. This is you. It's not a mask. And it's not something that you're pretending to be. It's not something you're, you're hiding and you're pretending. It's mamish you. And it will always be you. It's essentially you. There's a freedom there. Because there's no greater slavery than being chained to an ulterior motive. There's no greater slavery than being bound in the chains of an identity that we don't really feel is genuinely ours. That's a, that's a slavery. And the freedom is when a person is zoche to tap into emes, which is nitzchias, as we described in previous year, it's eternal. Emes is synonymous with eternality. Like the Pasuk says, netzach Yisrael, the eternality of the Jewish nation, lo yishaker will never prove to be false because these two things 
need to align MS and eternality. So in as much as a person taps into that MS, it's forever. And that's where the next Pasuk, right after this Pasuk in Mishle, is the Pasuk, Kiner Mitzvah, B'tayra Ar. Because the Neirois, as we've spoken about in the past as well, the Neirois are the little candles. Those are the mitzvahs that we're able to tap into in this, in this lifetime. But we need to be aware that each and every one of those candles is drawing on an eternal light. Kiner Mitzvah, but it's all drawing from the essential eternal light of a Torah Ar. And so a mitzvah, it seems to be transient, right? How much time does it take to give a dollar for tzedakah or a shekel for tzedakah or ten shekel, whatever it is, and then it's finished and then you move along. And then after that, we can go ahead and get caught up in things that aren't exactly our identity. But that little ner mitzvah, that little candle, that little flame was drawing on the light of Torah Ar, which is always there and the Gemara tells us that while the mitzvah only protects be'idna, that a person, at the time that a person's engaged with it, the Torah is, whether we're engaged with it, whether we're not engaged with it, the Torah is protecting us all the time. Meginu matzla. The Torah is guarding us. So it's so beautiful that right after this Pasuk, we make reference to that eternal light. That even though a mitzvah may seem fleeting, in that moment we're aligning ourselves with an identity that will exist forever. And that's a very comforting feeling when we can feel that I bless you to feel that, I bless me to feel that all the time. Let us merit to live most of our waking moments in alignment with this feeling, to know like this is me, this is really me, this is what I'll always be, this is what I only ever want to be. And even again, if it's just a ner mitzvah, to be aware that it's drawing on the eternality of a Torah art. So Rabbi Nachman continues and he says, Ki is the Torah. This concept that while you are walking and traveling, tan the Torah will be there for you. That's a reference to the Torah. That even when a person's laying in the grave, a person on some level will still be able to be bound with the Torah, will still be able to be bound with Hashem, who the person's whole life was centered around. After the resurrection, after this nakuda of of tchias hamesim, and all of us are going to be able to rise. It'll be with us still. Says Rabbi Nachman, after a person merits to refine the taiva, to realize what it is and how to utilize it properly. And how to go ahead and understand this world, gain an appreciation for what do I want to be involved with? What do I not want to be involved with? Yes, I have these tendencies. How can I channel them in a positive way? How can I see them for what they are? Put them into pr perspective and proportion to realize this is what a human being is. Tov, but I don't have to follow that. I can remove myself from that experience. I can ignore it. I can realize there are certain things in the world that are meant not to engage with. And that's, their whole, that's the whole reason they're there, for me to turn my head away. After a person refines this, after a period of many, many years and decades, and the person only, only, only is drawn after Hashem and after His Torah. Makes no difference whether the person's in this world, makes no difference whether the person is in the caver, makes no difference whether the person is in Ulam Haba. What is there to worry about? Like Rabbi Nachman says, What do you have to worry about? 
Rabbi Nachman says, after I'm going ahead of you. Rabbi Nachman's already there. He's already on the other side, right? And he made promises to those that were connected to his Torah. He made promises to those that felt that this tzaddik was their shorish neshama, that this is the path that they feel resonates with them, that they want to walk on, that's so clear, that's so lucid. But there's a tremendous, tremendous comfort. And there's no anxiety, because anxiety means that I'm worried about what's going to be. And if a person genuinely manages to live life aligned in such a way, then there's no anxiety because you know what's going to be. Because you know that after everything that needs to happen will happen. And everything that's going to happen is coming from a Kodesh Baruch whose desire to be native. Teva HaTov L'Hetev, a Kodesh Baruch who wants to do good with us. At the end of the end of the end of the day, there's only one thing left. And that's Hashem and His Torah. And in as much as we align with that now, when we feel at home in Yiddishkeit, and that's a blessing because most of us don't, and that's a, that's a big gift to be able to feel at home here. And sometimes it takes wandering in many, many foreign fields to realize this is not what I want. This is destroying my life. This is not where I feel happy. This is not where I feel good. This is not. And, and we learn. And we learn. And sometimes it can take a very long period of time, but we learn eventually. And we return back to the sweet, beautiful, fertile grounds of Yiddishkeit and Abodah Hashem. And we make that our place. So to such a person, that's all that will ever be. That's all that we'll ever be and that's all that we ever want to be. Bikulam, bein ba'olam hazeh, bein bekever, bein ba'olam abon, no matter where the person is, bikulam, hu davok rak la Hashem izbarach, They say over from the Chavetz Chaim, that the Chavetz Chaim once said something similar. The Chavetz Chaim, who said, he said, what am I going to take with me? What in my life am I going to take with me? After the passage of a few decades, maybe he was later on in life, he said, I can't take anything with me. There's nothing in my life that's going to accompany me. Even his wife, his children, even those closest to him. When a person leaves the world, he leaves the world alone. Alone, just like he came into this world, alone. But the Chavetz Chaim said, one thing I know to be true. He said, in five years from now, I'm going to have Hashem. In 50 years from now, I'm going to have Hashem. In a thousand years from now, I'm going to have Hashem. That's the only thing left. And that's very, very powerful. If we look around our life, all the frustrations and all the challenges and all the responsibilities, and we do need, like we learned from Rabbi Nachman, in this very sicha, right? we don't need to be fanatically irresponsible, but at the same time, to always have nagging in the back of our heads after a whole day spend running around like a chicken without a head, for this worldly kinds of things, like the question is, what is this all for? It's a vessel for a light. Can we connect to the light? Can we spend some portion of our day focusing on the light? Oh, we're so busy working on the vessel, so busy working on the kalim, and before you know it, life passes us by. So it needs to be on our awareness, on our mind, hovering over our consciousness to realize, like, why are we here, which is the ultimate tachlis that we always speak about in this year. But a person knows that after all is said and done, there is only one thing that I can connect to in this world that I, as long as I am an independent consciousness, will forever have the ability to connect with. And that's Hashem. And that means that every five minutes of exposure that you manage to, sh you know, 
quetch out, uh, you know, you're, you're driving somewhere, you're walking in the street, you're under your talus after, after davening, whatever it is, a little bit of a dvekus, a little bit of a tefillah, a little bit of a learning, those moments are an investment in, and we can't even grasp this, what this means, eternity. Mamish eternity. It's an investment in infinite, infinite, infinite measures of time. Because the relationship that we spend time and effort and focus building here will stand by us forever. And Rabbi Nachman finishes this incredible, incredible sicha that we've been zochah to spend so many weeks learning. Ashrenu. He says, Mishim kushba elamazeh yesh chiluk just on the most basic level to a person that's invested in this world and that this is our focus this world is where it's at this world is not the whole way to the ballroom this world is the ballroom it is the amusement park so to speak to such a person there's going to be a distinction between this world that's very very wide and it's very very um, accessible in so many different ways there are so many different experiences and then all of a sudden like you, they, you know they swap out this mansion for like a little you know six foot space and it's 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 a tremendous downgrade I mean it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a terrible terrible downsizing right to leave a tremendous mansion somewhere with all the cars in the driveway and all the different things we have in Gashmias and they replace that for a pretty terrible accommodation, right? This tiny little space, which is full of dust and bugs, and there's no exterminators over there, and it's just, that's all there is. So a person that's invested in this world, it's, there's going to be an added measure, whatever this means, because this neshama already leaves the body, but there is some form of nefesh that remains, and there's going to be an extra tsar, tsar with an ayin, sadi ayin resh, because of the tsar, because of the narrowness, because of the disgust, the grotesque nature of where the person finds him or herself after the body is lowered into the ground. But a person that guards the mind and a person is very careful to think all the time in accordance with the tachlis, with the ultimate, ultimate purpose. Why am I in this world? How can I make use of every moment? How can I work on myself? How can I invest in spiritual growth and personal development? How can I go ahead and try to think and worry and care and yearn and long and invest so much emotional energy daily into my personal spiritual development? Because I realize that that's why I was sent to this world. A person that's connected to that kind of thinking, hakol sheva etzla. Ultimately, a person reaches a tremendous level of ishtavos, and of course, that reflects not just in the way that the person's going to experience being lowered down into the grave, whatever that means. And after a person rises up, it'll be so clear because we'll have prepared for that experience. But it leads to a level of yishev hadas in this world as well, hakol sheva etzla. Rabbi Nachman talks about this in Torah Lamed Gimel in the 33rd lesson in Lekut Imran and other places as well. Where there's a deep, deep sense of equanimity. What do we get nervous about? What do we get upset about? What do we feel is worthy of knocking us off course? If a person's connected to Hashem Yisbarach, then every little frustration we deal with in the same way that we deal with something positive. Hakol Shave Etzla, there's a tremendous amount of emuna that gets put into practice 
when we live with Hashem in a real sense and let Him in. With all the different techniques and all of the different advice and all the different things that we could accomplish to go ahead and try to allow Hashem in, like the Katsukah says, where is Hashem found wherever you let Him in? And if life becomes an exercise in letting God in, then we can see every kind of circumstantial experience as yet another doorway to further our dveikus with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who we believe brought us into the world simply to let Him in, to recognize Him, to perceive every circumstance as a doorway with a door that's just waiting to be open, to let in the Ruach of Elokus into our lives. And so such a person is the person himself. You know, we say about Shabbos Kodesh, Raza de Shabbos, Ihi Shabbos, right? The secret of Shabbos is Shabbos. Shabbos is described as encapsulating the Tachlis. We say about it in Shemana Esrei, Tachlis Maisei Shemaim Va'aretz. Shabbos is the ultimate Tachlis, is the ultimate pinnacle of the, of, of the world. It was for the day of Shabbos, which itself was Me'in Elam Haba, it's 160th of the world to come, when we're going to exist and abide on this tremendous level of awareness. So Mamela, because Shabbos is so bound up with essence, is so bound up with mamish what it is, so then we could say about Shabbos, Raza the Shabbos, do you know what the secret of Shabbos is? Ihi Shabbos. Is that Shabbos is Shabbos. That's the secret of Shabbos. That's the deepest praise we could say about Shabbos. It is what it is. Because it's bound up with tachlis oriented living. And when a person lives like that, that we could say about each and every one of us, Raza, the, you know, each Yid is because he's a Yid. He is that Yid. That's the deepest praise we could say about the person. Each individual, they are who they are. Tocho Ratzuf, like the Gemara says, Tocho Kabari, in the inside and the outside. This is them, through and through. And it doesn't mean that they're perfect. There are challenges. But the challenges are contextualized within our desire for spiritual elevation. And if there's one thing that's a constant in our day-to-day life, in our week-to-week life, in our month-to-month life, year-to-year life, decade-to-decade life, century to century maybe to live more than a century life there's one thing there's one common thread and that's described by Chazal as Yaakov Avinu the Yaakov Avinu is described in the Zohar Kaddish as as about the Mishkan it says that there was a middle slot in all of the different Krushim that went around the Mishkan, and they had this incredible pole that was able to stretch all the way around and connect the whole Mishkan. The Zohar Kaddish says that's a reference to Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is the quintessential Jew. Yaakov Avinu is Tiferes. Yaakov Avinu binds Chesed and Gvurah together. Yaakov Avinu rises in Tiferes Besod Hadas to bind up Chachman Bina together and all the way down to Malchus. That place, Yudke Vavke, that's associated with the, with the sphere of Tiferes, which is Yaakov Avinu, is what's bringing the whole picture together. This is what it means to be a Jew. Raza de Yaakov is Yaakov, right? Yaakov Avinu. Is that no matter what circumstance we're going through, one thing is a constant. And this is the Ratzon to be better. This is the Ratzon to stay connected to our mission and our Tafkid and our Tachlis, to live a life of what we refer to as the princess, which is the Tachlis Hachayim, which is the purpose, which is Malchus, 
which is the ultimate goal, why we were brought into this world, where are we headed, is there a destination to our journey, or are we just wandering around the world? A Jew doesn't wander. A Jew doesn't wander. That's why Kodesh Baruch Hu sends a malach down when Yosef at Tzadik is wandering around the fields looking for his brother. Right? Yosef starts to wander in the fields and right away Hashem sends a malach saying, What are you looking for? Because a Jew doesn't wander. A Jew doesn't scroll. A Jew is not aimless. A Jew is mamish living life with aim, with focus, with, con with, with, with clarity into a goal. And if we live lives of clarity, then there's a life of ishtavas. Then there's a life of, no matter what we're going through, we're able to connect to that point within us, which allows us to contextualize everything we're going through. We're not experiencing pirud hanefesh. We're able to put everything into perspective in the very useful model of Rabbi Nachman, deserts, fields, forests, no matter what we're going through. Like I've been saying to a couple of chavah that I've been learning with the past couple of days, we don't allow the place we're in to define who we are. But who we are defines the place that we're in. Like the Viceroy in Rabbi Nachman's story says, Heichan ani ba'olam. Where in the world am I? He's cognizant that he's right now in a place where he doesn't belong and he's got to get out of there and he has to find a way and that happens, people slip. But Heichan ani, he still remains constantly, constantly in tune with the Ani. Who are you? Why were you brought into this world? And if our lives revolve around that, and our expressions of, of desire revolve around that, we become Shabbos Dikiyidin. Raza the Shabbos, Ihi Shabbos. The secret of Shabbos is that Shabbos is what it is. Tachlis Ma'isishmaim We become Mamish Yaakov Avinu Yidin. From all the different edges, from, the, from our joys, we find Hashem. For the sad times, we find Hashem. We constantly, constantly walk with this, with Emunah, and it's challenging. And it gets more challenging by the minute in the world that we're living in, the world is falling apart. It becomes more and more and more challenging. But in the same sense, our faith is that the world is coming together. Our faith is that as things get worse, it's the seed that's rotting. And in the end, to those that are still holding on, we will get to witness the rising sun. We will get to witness that plant that sprouts. And it sounds cliche. It's tremendously challenging. It's tremendously difficult. And it is all we have left. And that's Rabbi Nachman that Sadi comes to the end of time and screams out, Ein Shem because that's the last message there is. If it's Sadiq, if it's Sadiq, because without Emunah, it's the opposite of Yichya. It's Mamish Maves. And all we see around us is the end of the story and the end of humanity and the end of society and the end, the end, the end. How can we proceed? How can we progress? It's, it's the end. All stops have been pulled. It's just there's nowhere else for society to go except down. But ancient Yish Boilem Klal is no despair. There is no despair. And we have to constantly, constantly give ourselves this chizuk and walk with this and connect with this. And then we're Zochah to live lives of Hishtavos. So Rabbi Nachman speaks about this in one other place, in the Kutumran 144, And I hear that Tzadik says like this, a short little teaching, but it really correlates very deeply. Lashen Rabbeinu Zuchana Devracha, these are Rabbi Nachman's own words, in contrast to other teachings in the Kutumran, which Rabbi Nachman heard Rabbi Nachman say, he recorded it in a notebook, and then Rabbi Nachman reviewed it afterwards. This was literally Rabbi Nachman's own formulation. 
Because the Medrash tells us in a number of places, A person doesn't leave this world with even half of his taiva fulfilled. That's what Chazal tells us, because it's, it's an endless pit, it's a bottomless pit. It's a bottomless pit. And so a person can spend Nebuch, his, whole, his, his whole life or her whole life running after this to, to scratch this itch, but it, but it doesn't happen. Because you'll leave the world with still that taiva never having been fulfilled. And this is echoed in a number of different ways. Chazal tell us a person who's roitze mane, right? yeah, I'm sorry, yeshle mane, a person who has a certain measure of, of, of currency called a mane, Writes him a sign. So he wants 200, right? He, he wants two. Person who has 100 wants 200. And, and the Gemara says, um, I'm sorry, the, the Pasuk says that Haklovim Azi Nefesh Lo Yadu Sava. People that live lives like, like, like dogs, like animals, like with the Zar Kadesh correlates to people that are constantly just asking like have have like a dog barks have have give 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 so loya de sava he doesn't know how to be satisfied and the more we have the more we want that's what the medrash says like we just, just learned in Sikhs around there's no difference whether he's alive whether after he leaves the world it's nothing it's a little bit of a hiccup but he carries on connected to that core core mission because it makes no difference after he leaves the world he's still serving Hashem like he was in this world that's what his experience of this world was and everything was contextualized by that and seen through that lens Mamela, that's the only lens there is and so after he leaves the world he's still going to continue with that and there's no difference for such a tzaddik. But a person that's drawn after eating and drinking, and a person that still finds it exciting after decades and decades and decades of the steak and fine wine and sushi and so on and so forth, and can still get excited about it decades later after like, okay, like, we know what this is already. We know how it makes you feel afterwards, we know, and so on and so forth. And literally, this is the person's whole entire life. So, so after we leave the world, there's going to be none of that. So this is really called death. And there's a qualitative shift that occurs when the person leaves the world. And it's very dramatic and it's very intense. Because again, how did we self-identify? If a person self-identified with this world, then, then death is a really intense thing. And there's what to be nervous about because we're not going to be familiar. Not, not we, but such a person won't even be familiar with any nature of living outside of a physical body, outside of a physical surroundings, and outside of physical goals that we're attempting to meet. That's really called death. We learn that there are days where Achila and Jesia, we're eating and drinking, are not only permitted, where it's a mitzvah. Half for Hashem, half for us. And so on certain days, it becomes very holy to engage in physical pleasure. But Rabbi Nachman says, when a person really reaches a high level, and we're trying to work toward this, each in our own way, step by step, baby steps. 
Afilu bezois hachatsi hukoyvishas Yitzray. Even in this chetsi lachem that is allowed and permitted to us for us to engage with, even that koyvishas Yitzray, he conquers his Yitzhara. He's completely removed. Precious, like the Mesil Susharim explains, a very lofty level. He doesn't even engage with that. Says Rabbi Nachman, now we can read this incredible Pasuk. Now we can read this incredible Pasuk. We'll read it outside first, and then we'll, then we'll say it inside. Ein Adam Meis, says Rabbi Nachman. Do you know when it is that a person doesn't die? Meaning that death is not such a qualitative shift in such a person's life. When the chatsi ta'avasai, when the half of taiva that is permitted to him, even that is biyadai. Even that he's conquered. Such a person who the chatsi ta'avasai, the chatsi lachem, that Chazal gave us the, the ability and permission to go ahead and enjoy, and even that a person withholds and refrains and tries to take a step back, knowing that there are likely ulterior motives and it's not sure exactly what the focus is, so better, better err on the side of caution. And even there, it doesn't have to be so intense or dramatic, but we try to make some kind of Indian, or even on Shabbos and even on Yantiv, okay, we don't, have to, we don't have to eat like animals. So that chatsi tavaso is biyade, that the person has conquered that as well, then in other days. Such a person you can't tell that death is such an intense statement, is such a dramatic and traumatic event in one's, I can't really say life, in one's existence, in, 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 in one's story. Because that person was never so connected to this world in the first place. And maybe this is also what Chazal described as the difference between the death of the Russia to the death of the tzaddik. The death of the Russia is like trying to extricate cotton out of thorns. It's, it, it's pulling and it's, and, it's, and it's incredibly difficult process to extricate one substance that's caught up with another. And of course, that's talking about the neshama and its relationship to the guf, to the body. But the tzaddik, say chazal, you know what it's like? Misa bin Ashika. It was a, mis, a, a misa, a death that was the result of a kiss, so to speak. It's like taking a, a little piece of hair out of milk. It just comes right out. Very smoothly, very peacefully, very calmly. And Rabbi Nassim describes that this is how Rabbi Nachman left the world. Rabbi Nachman left the world deep in thought, totally conscious, leaning back in his recliner chair and rolling a bowl of wax between his fingers with tremendous yishavadas, tremendous peace of mind. Just with his, with his mind, just floating all around, contemplating the deepest secrets of the universe. Rabbi Nachman said that he left the world at 39. He said, I have to die, not because I'm dying young, but because I'm, I'm just, I'm ready to go. I, I'm ready to take off this cloak, he called it, the body. He was ready to continue in his avoida. It wasn't the end of the story. To the Ovid Hashem, it's not the end of the story. It's, it's, it's just the beginning of a new chapter. The beginning of a new chapter. Now, by the same token, we need to focus on our avoda in this life and celebrate life and mourn death. That's part of being a healthy human being. That's part of cultivating our care and concern for life and for those that we love. 
and our value of life and our appreciation of what can be accomplished in this world. One does not have to be a steer to the other. It usually never is. It's not a contradiction. But the more seriously we take life and the more that we live properly and the more that we pour our effort into making sure that we're best positioned to live in alignment with our highest ideals, each of us in our own, whatever that means, in our own lives, each of us in our own story, and we're all very unique and we all have our own angle and we all have what we're struggling with and we all have what we need to work on. But we work on this and we care about it and it bothers us and we don't give up and we don't give in. Like we speak, spoke about last week and we continue and we hold on and we connect to Hashem and we get back up even when it's difficult and even when we feel lost and even when we feel like it's already the end and we put, like we said, a couple of more quarters in and we start a new round, right? To such a person, so then... This experience of leaving the world, again, after 120, a full life, it's not the end of a story. It's just part and parcel of what we've already been doing. It's a relocation. It's just moving the headquarters from here to somewhere else because this world was never what it was, what was never what we were all about. We were never fooled. We lived in this world in a way of responsibility, not of fanaticism. We have to balance all these things. Here we come to the end of Torah, Sichon and Aleph. We have to balance all the different pieces of advice. And there's been a lot. And I do recommend trying to get your hands on a Sicha Saran and review it. Go through it from beginning to end. We've talked about so many things in this, just, just this one Sicha. Forget about everything else that we've learned. The Chazdi Hashem, it was such a privilege to learn these ideas with you. But there's so much packed into Sichon and Aleph. And it's good to see the whole thing and then take a step back and... Just take a look at the thing as a whole and see how the different pieces of advice balance, them, balance themselves out. And see if we can walk away with one unified spirit. Now, there's no contradiction. On the one hand, we got to already start living like we're in Alamab, already start getting ourselves used to mamish living in, in a different way, disconnected from this world. On the other hand, we have to be mamish serious about this world and we have to be responsible and we have to. On the other hand, we have to, at the same period of time, at the same time, we need to realize that this world is nothing and that ultimately we're going to be able to serve Hashem so much more sweetly when the body is left behind. But the way that that's going to be a continuation of our journey is if we take this life very seriously and so on and so forth. And that's the sweet point, to really be alive, be MS alive, counterintuitively, specifically because we don't take this world too seriously. Counterintuitively. That's how we're the most alive. That's how we're most able to live life with a sense of ishtavos, of equanimity, in such a sense that when it comes time to leave the world, Be'ezer Hashem far, far later on in life, that Rabbi Nachman, when he was 39, we should live till 120 Be'ezer Hashem, in happiness and good health and Surah Taivas. And even then, Mashiach should come long before it's our time to leave. And like the Pasuk says, There will be no death at all. And we can just spend our entire lives completely bound up with Avodah Hashem, with the spirit of Yashros and eternality and Emes, which is, of course, all of our tefillah and what we're davening for. But Al Kalpanim Rabbi Nachman finishes here. When a tzaddik manages to reach a level where even the chatsi tavasai. That's mutter to him. Because Chazal say, that you're allowed to have a portion for you. Even that is biyadai. So then, 
Certainly, this is the fulfillment of the first three words in this Maimar Chazal, in Adame, such a person doesn't die. What kind of person doesn't die? A person who never really lived in this world for this world in the first place. Memela, what does it make a difference to him when he leaves the world? Such a person, the, the Misa, like Rabbi Nachman says, is not Nikeris Etzle. It's not a seismic event. It's just a bookmark, and you keep on moving. This person is alive, truly alive in this world, plugged into essence, plugged into Raza the Shabbos, Ihi Shabbos, Shabbos, Tachlis, Maisish, plugged into Emuna, plugged into the contextualization of the who that allows us to gain clarity into the where, so that even if we're going through a rough patch, and even if it's very difficult, and even if we don't feel connected, and even we still allow our identity to contextualize that and realize that as being one of the stages in our growth process rather than allowing that to convince us that we are not who we thought we are. And that's a very, very delicate beer that's taking place all the time. Such a person is alive, not only in this world, but even after death, even after the person leaves this world, there's no difference in such a person's life and such a person's story, which goes far, far, far beyond this world with all of its challenge and all of its pain and all of its frustration and all of its, this is not it, this is not, if this was it, then that would be very, very upsetting. It would be very upsetting. This is the whole thing. It's very upsetting. Life is filled, filled with pain. Life is filled with struggle and anguish. But this is not the whole story. This is just the realm of struggle and challenge. And one day we're going to tap into a whole different realm. And we will have the ability at that point to turn around and look back over our experience in the physical world and be proud of it. And recognize that what we did was meaningful. And that even though it didn't always turn out perfectly, but we were on the side of those who were striving. We were on the side of the believers. We were on the side of the dreamers more than anything. We were on the side of those who were longing and yearning and pining and waiting expectantly for the Yeshua of Hashem. Even though it may tarry and it may delay. We were on that side. We're all called tzaddikim. And the Pasuk tells us unequivocally, There's no such thing as a perfect Jew who does only good and doesn't slip. Each of us have those things that we're working on and the madriga that we're trying to achieve and attain. And nobody's perfect. I'm certainly not. None of us are perfect, I don't think. And we're working on ourselves. And sometimes it's a hard day. And sometimes it's a tough week. And sometimes we're in a rut. The key in that moment is everything we spoke about in the previous year. Al Titiayesh, don't give up. Hold on to the dream. Keep on pushing. Like Rabbi Nachman's story, after the Maror comes Shulchan Ayrech. And how foolish would we be that just because of a little Maror, we leave the whole Seder and we never ever get to Shulchan Ayrech, we never get to Halal, we never get all the way to the beautiful parts of the Seder at the end. Let's not give up. Even if there's a little bit of bitterness, even if there's a lot of bitterness, even if our whole life is defined by a certain bitter struggle, let's realize there's more to life than life. 
There's more to our story than this story. And as much as we're plugged in to, to MS, and in as much as we are living lives of striving, and we're living lives of connection to the Torah and connection to Hashem, so then we can achieve an existence of what we refer to here as equanimity. And no matter what we're going through, no matter what circumstance we're going through, it's all one and it's all part of one story. It might be different chapters, there might be different characters, there might be different plot twists and turns, but it's in one book. And the book is called Va'ani Kirvas Elikim Litoiv. As for me, all I want is you. Only you is the is the the English version, right? Only you. I yearn for you. I pine for you. Even though I might not have you right now, and I might not be in best shape, and I might not be plugged in. But that yearning, that gagua lo marpeh, that, like Yonatan Rizal sings, ha lo marpeh, that longing lo marpeh, it doesn't grow any weaker. On the contrary, it goes stronger and stronger each and every day, and we move, and we progress, and we grow. And when we live in that way, we can have that sense of pride and that sense of excitement feeling. This is planting a seed in the ground of eternity. Hazor and Vidima, and planting with tears will lead to Berini Iksayru. We'll get it out on the other side. And we'll be able to turn back around and look at our whole life with a great sense of feeling that we were plugged into our essence. Rosa de Shabbos, Ihi Shabbos. And this is my blessing to you, my blessing to me. Don't give up. This is the essential message of Torah and Aleph. Rabbi Nachman is very real, Sichan and Aleph, very real in the Sicha that he said over on that Shavuos night. Maybe it took him the whole night. Who knows? I mean, it would have taken us 10 hours. It would have took us 13 hours to learn the Sicha together. And, and again, of course, there's so much more depth and just this is what I'm capable of in my own tiny way. I'm sure that people are much more educated, can speak for much longer on the Sicha. There's so much here. But the essential message is this, the world is a very, very difficult place. And the world will try to fool you. And the world will sometimes succeed in fooling you. Don't give up. Be defined by your search. Be defined by your longing. Be defined by your desire. And in so doing, you'll live. Even after they die, they're called alive because they truly lived in this world and that's what we want. And so let's speak out those desires to Hashem. Let's go to Hispodidus and let's tell Hashem that all we want is you and that we just need a little bit of a hand. We just need a little bit of help and we're trying the best that we can. And We genuinely put things into play so that we can try to position ourselves for success. And in so doing, we can tap into the essence of life. No matter whether it's Hashem, Yud Kevav Kez Chesed, or Alekechem, or Midas Hadin, Gevura, difficult times, it makes no difference. Life, death, after Tchiyas Amesim, it's all one story. And so, Mamash, this is my blessing to you, it's my blessing to me, it's my blessing to all of Am Yisrael. And uh, we should be Zoha to live this way, it's not easy. But we should be Zoha to hold on. We're at the very, very end of time. And we need, to, we need to hold on to each other. And we need to give ourselves chizik. We need to give each other chizik. And together we're marching to the, uh, to the finish line with, with Rabbi Nachman leading us. We have nothing to worry about. We're following good, good advice of this incredible tzaddik. So, and I appreciate you joining. So thank you so much for, the, for, for being here, for learning with me, for learning with all of us. And 
wishing you all the most amazing week up ahead. Besiat Bishmaya. Thank you all for joining. Thank you. Thank you so much. Call to everybody. Have a great, great rest of the week. Recording.